want to start again uh, this morning uh, talking about the structure of the book of, of uh, Proverbs. And uh, it, it breaks into two major sections, uh, chapters 1 through 9, and then the second part is chapters 10 through 31. And I went through some of this last time, uh, and we're not going to spend a lot of time doing that, but um, Proverbs 10 through 31 is a collection of Proverbs, uh, a collection of Proverbs, wise sayings, and words. And so it breaks down, and it, it, uh, you can see it in the scriptures, uh, because I've given you the verses here. I didn't put them on your sheet. Um, but... Uh, for example, in uh, chapter 10, verse 1, right after the nine chapters, it's introduced as, quote, the Proverbs of Solomon. When you get to 22, 17, uh, he introduces the words of the wise. And that, those would be probably collections, uh, not necessarily written by uh, Solomon, but collections of wise sayings. When you get to 24, 23, um, and he, again, introduces some more sayings of the wise. Um, in chapter 25, verse 1, uh, it says, These also are Proverbs of Solomon, which the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah, transcribed. Now, we don't know exactly how that happened, uh, but apparently during Hezekiah's reign, he found, or some of his people found, uh, Proverbs written by Solomon and they added them to the book of uh, Proverbs. Uh, and then uh, chapters 30 and 31 are standalone, uh, words of Agur and the words of King uh, Lemuel. And so um, that's the structure of uh, the book of uh, Proverbs. Uh, we've simplified uh, the, the outline and, and just said that uh, we're going to do Proverbs uh, verses 1 through 9. Today we're going to do chapter 2. Uh, and then there's, a, in the middle section, uh, we're going to take on uh, individual subjects. And uh, we've already done, uh, Brian did for us, uh, the subject of work and labor. Um, and then it's followed by the words of Agur and King Lemuel. Uh, and that's where the Proverbs 31 uh, wife is. We are given, we talked about this last week, we are given in chapter 1, verse 7, the theme of the, the uh, book of Proverbs, the theme statement. And it's the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, fools despise wisdom and instruction. And we spent a fair amount of time uh, talking last week about uh, these three or four, actually four different phrases or words that keeps getting repeated as we go through uh, the book of Proverbs. The fear of the Lord, knowledge, understanding is not in this particular verse, uh, and wisdom. And it gives us an idea of what wisdom uh, is about. And how it is defined. So I'm going to give you some of the verses. I'm not going to go through all of them again. You can uh, write down the references if you like. Um, but here's Proverbs uh, 9.10. If you look at 
chapters one through nine, these are bookends. Uh, not exactly right at the end, so, but it's, uh, uh, it talks about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Uh, in chapter 1, verse 7, it's the beginning of knowledge. Um, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Those are the four phrases or words that uh, keep being repeated, not only in, in uh, the book of Proverbs, but also in other places where it talks about um, talks about wisdom. Here's Proverbs 15:33. The fear of the Lord is the instruction for wisdom. In Psalm 111:10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do His commandments. And then in uh, Job 28, if you, sometime you ought to go back, we won't do it today, but uh, go to chapter 28 of Job, and Job asks the question, but where can wisdom be found, and where is the place of understanding? And even there we see those, a uh, couple of those words, and, uh, and he spends uh, many verses talking about uh, how you can't buy it, and it's more valuable than silver, and and, uh, and you can get the idea that uh, uh, wisdom is not something that is just hanging on trees someplace. Um, but then he answers the question, and you get down to the end of the chapter, and to man, God said, behold the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. And as we go through the book of Proverbs, um, we'll see that wisdom is not just a collection of getting smarter. Um, it has to do with what is right and wrong before the Lord. Uh, earthly wisdom has nothing to do with uh, morality, um, but God's wisdom has everything uh, to do with, uh, with sin and, and avoiding sin and staying away from sin. Last week I did this uh, for you, the fear of the Lord. Uh, and when we talk about the fear of the Lord, we're talking about um, not fearing the Lord in the sense of being afraid of him, but being in awe of him, reverencing him, because, of the, because he's a great, great and awesome God. Um, and the next step is uh, knowledge. We learn more about God. We learn about uh, who he is and uh, how great he is. This gives us understanding, and Job says understanding is staying away from sin. Um, and finally, uh, we uh, talk about wisdom. These are all connected together in Scripture, and we see it over and over and over again, uh, how uh, they are correct, uh, connected. I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter 6. And I think this is a really good picture of what we're talking about when we talk about the fear of the Lord and knowledge and understanding and wisdom, um, because uh, Isaiah experienced that for us. Um, let me read for you um, chapter 6, verse 1. In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, 
with the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim stood above him, each having six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds trembled at the voice of him who called out while the temple was filling with smoke. Then this is Isaiah's response. Then I said, Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips. I live among the people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Um, and what, what we see here is that uh, Isaiah is overtaken with, with the awesomeness of who God is. Uh, God is not just another person. God is uh, the infinite, holy, holy God. And when he thinks about uh, the holiness of God, it makes him reflect upon his own sinfulness. Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is forgiven. Uh, so Isaiah is beginning to learn about uh, his God. Uh, he's beginning to reverence his God, but he's also seeing his own sin and how he needs a Savior. And uh, the Lord forgives him. And then when you get down to, um, there's a change in Isaiah. Uh, as he begins to understand what's going on here, understand his own sin and so forth. And he, he says, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and whom will go for us? Then I said, here am I, send me. And so here's Isaiah with this process of, of seeing the great and awesome God and seeing the great and awesome God and reflecting upon and getting a good understanding of his own sin and then seeing the forgiveness that comes through uh, God and really understanding and, and uh, getting the knowledge of who God is and that he is one who forgives sins. And, and Isaiah is prepared for ministry at that point. Uh, I think that's a great picture of, of um, what happens in this whole area of... Um, of wisdom. Isaiah 6, 5, then I said, woe is me for I'm ruined because I'm a man of unclean lips and so forth. John MacArthur writes, uh, to the Hebrew mind, wisdom was not knowledge alone, but the skill of living a godly life as God intended man to live. And we saw that with, I, with Isaiah. Um, he Once he saw who God was and how holy he was. Um, that wasn't the end of things. That wasn't just, he's filled with knowledge. Uh, he's ready to act. He's, he's forgiven by God. And, and then he begins to live a life that is uh, pleasing to God. In Proverbs 1 through 9, Solomon gives instruction to his son Rehoboam. 
It's wisdom he received from the Lord. It's wisdom he received from his father David and from his mother Bathsheba. Uh, we see that in Proverbs 4, uh, 1 through 4. In chapters 1 through 7, Solomon uses the words, my son, 15 times. And uh, one time he uses uh, the words, O sons, speaking to his sons, plural. Um, one uh, commentator suggested there are 10 lessons for his son, Rehoboam, and he ac actually outlined them, and I won't give you that uh, uh, today, but last week would have been uh, lesson number one. And in that chapter, three times he calls out, my son, and um, used that as an outline uh, when we went through chapter one. Uh, verse eight, hear my son, your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Verse 10, my son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Verse 15, my sin, do not walk in the way of them, that is, of sinners. And we talked about having not uh, continuing close, close uh, associations with sinners, not that we don't relate uh, to sinners, we're to uh, share the gospel with them. Uh, but this morning we'll look at uh, chapter 2. Now I found that chapter 2 has a very interesting structure. I'm talking a lot about structures this morning, but uh, it's helpful. Um, there are 22, it's actually uh, in the Hebrew, uh, this is one long sentence. The whole chapter is one sentence. And you can kind of get the idea of that even, even in English because uh, we're going to say, if this happens, if this happens, if this happens, we don't seem to finish it until later. And that's kind of the idea that you see with, uh, in chapter 2. Uh, but it's a well-defined structure. There are 22 verses. There are two major sections, each having 11 verses in it. And so I've given you the verse numbers anyway. And um, each section uh, has two four-verse four sections followed by a three-verse section. Uh, and, it, and when you read through it and when you diagram it, which is what he did, uh, it comes out that way. Um, and so in verse 1, he says, my son, if you do this and this and this, and, and you, he takes you through four verses of that. Uh, and then uh, in verse 5, he says, this is what happened. Then you will do this, or then you will have this. And then, and then there's a summary at the end, uh, the last three verses, then you, and, and uh, he proceeds in, in that way. And when you get to the second half, um, in verse 12, it says uh, that the purpose of all this is to deliver you, and then he's going to talk about what you're delivered from. And then in verse 16, is to deliver you from another sin, another set of sins. And then finally there's a conclusion, so that, uh, so that you will dwell in the land, so that you will be blessed by God. Um, so I've entitled the first one, The Development of the Son's Character. And the second part is the deliverance of the Son from evil. And you can see that on your uh, chart. Um, so let's read, uh, let me read the whole thing and then we'll, 
I'll, I'll be reading uh, so that we get back to uh, each section. I'll read uh, portions of it as well. So starting with verse 1. My son, if you, if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, if you make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding, or if you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and, and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will see, you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. And here you see those, those words that we talked about. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice, and he preserves the way of his godly ones. Then, this is the next section, you will discern righteousness and justice and equity in every good course, where wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will guard, guard you. Understanding will watch over you. And then we have the second part of this, the next 11 verses, and it begins to deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things, from those who leave the paths of righteousness, to walk in the ways of darkness, who delight in doing evil and rejoice in the perversity of evil, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. And then he has another deliverance here. To deliver you from the strange woman, from the adulteress who flatters with her words, that leaves the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house sinks down to death and her tracks lead to, dead, to the dead. None who go to her return again, nor do they teach the paths of lives. And here's the conclusion of all of it. So you will walk in the way of good men and keep the paths of the righteous. For the upright will live in the land and the blameless will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the treacherous will be uprooted from it. So let's look at this first uh, section. And here he says, starts off by saying, my son, if, if you will accept my words, um, this is an escalation from uh, Solomon's imperative of um, uh, uh, Proverbs 1.8. Proverbs 1.8 says, hear my, hear my son, your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Now he's saying, don't just hear it. He says, I want you to accept what I'm saying. I want you to accept the truth. Um, I want you to imbibe that, value it, or treasure my words or my commandments. And so uh, it's, a, it's a step forward from uh, just listening. And, and, uh, and it's, it's, uh, all of this is things that we need to think about. We don't just listen to the word of God now we accept the word of God and then we go beyond that and we practice the word of God. Uh, that's the whole idea that is uh, contained in this. Here's the next step. If you lean your heart to understanding and wisdom. Um, Proverbs 2.2, 2, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding. Um, 
And that's, a, that's another step forward in this uh, that, that I want my heart to understand. I want to imbibe, uh, the, want my heart to be filled with the knowledge of the Lord. And, and uh, so I lean my heart to that. Um, next he says, if you cry out for discernment and understanding, um, that's exactly what Solomon did. He called out to Yahweh for understanding and discernment. Um, look at 1 Kings uh, chapter 3, verses 7 to 9. Now, O Lord my God, uh, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. Yet I am but a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. Your servant is in the midst of your people, which you have chosen, a great people who are too many to be numbered or counted. So give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, to discern between good and evil, or who is able to judge this great people of yours. And so here's Solomon who in years past, when he saw what was in front of him, that he was to lead this great people, and he recognized the fact that he was unable to do that on his own, uh, that he needed the wisdom of God. He needed discernment, um, and he needed understanding. And so uh, here he is years later telling his son the same thing. His son would become king, and his son would need understanding and discernment. So he says, if you cry out for discernment and understanding in verse 3, And in verse 4, he says, if you aggressively seek out wisdom like you would for a hidden treasure. And, uh, and that's, that's, uh, that takes effort. That's seeking wisdom. That's not just listening and, and accepting it, uh, but it's really going after it. Uh, note the progression. Uh, hearing, accepting, learn, leaning, calling out and seeking. Um, and when we get to the end and we talk about application, I, I want to bring us back to those, those words and uh, see where we are on, on that continuum. Verse 5, Then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth, um, come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice, and he preserves the way of his godly ones. I, I numbered these a little bit differently, and, and it, you'll kind of figure it out, I guess, as you go along. But uh, the ones belong in section one, twos, and two, so forth. Uh, uh, then you will discover the foundation of wisdom, the fear of the Lord, and the knowledge of God. Um, we, we've talked a lot about uh, the uh, fear of the Lord and, and um, the knowledge of God. And that's what he's talking about here, is that um, if you do all those things, if you search for wisdom, you're going to 
the Lord's going to let you find that. He's going to let you see that uh, so that you will discover the foundation of wisdom, the fear of the Lord, and the foundation of God. Uh, he's already written that uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And uh, that's, that's what will happen if you search out for uh, wisdom. Um, Number two, uh, B, when, then you will receive from the Lord wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Uh, you've made that request. Uh, uh, Dr. Bruce Walke notes that uh, though the son searches for wisdom, he does not grasp it, but the Lord bestows it. And that's uh, one of the things that we must remember, that we ask it from God. It's not something that we latch onto. It's because he bestows it on it. He gives it to us. Sound wisdom and knowledge serve as a shield for godly living. And you see that in uh, verses 7 and 8. One, uh, one commentator wrote, uh, God's protection is not a reward extraneous to knowledge, but rather a consequence intrinsic to it. As the sun stores up and treasures wisdom to know piety and ethics, so also God stores up as a hidden treasure the protection of uh, inheriting that knowledge. God and life are inseparable. Um, that's, a, that's a great truth that, that uh, God brings that to pass. In the next section, uh, let me read it again so that we're uh, there in verses 9 through 11. Then you will discern righteousness and justice and equity in every good course. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will guard you, guard you. understanding will watch over you. Uh, so he says, uh, then you'll be able to discern right choices uh, for godly living um, because divine wisdom will be internalized in your heart, it becomes a, a part of who you are, a part of who I am, uh, that uh, it's how we live uh, because our heart directs us in that way. Our heart has been filled uh, with the wisdom of God and uh, God uses his wisdom then to protect us uh, from evil. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, we need to understand, too, that we're still in a fallen world, uh, that we still will sin. Uh, nonetheless, he uses wisdom to fight against sin, uh, to give us uh, uh, right thinking about uh, 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 the choices that we make and how we live our lives uh, before him. God uses his wisdom implanted within us to guard us from sin and to watch over us, he says. Um, Dr. Walke wrote, um, there's no tension between the Lord protecting saints and the saints' characters guarding them against evil. He's talking about uh, the Lord's protection, but he's all, on the other hand, we're talking about um, the wisdom that we have protecting us um, and he's saying there's no conflict with that. 
as with the wisdom of God uh, became incarnate in the teacher's word, so God's protection becomes effective through the son's formed character. In other words, it becomes part of our character. Uh, wisdom becomes part of our character as the Lord bestows that upon us. And uh, we begin to make right choices. Uh, we begin to avoid evil. We begin to sin less uh, because we stay away from things that will uh, drive us in that direction. And finally, the last uh, section, and this is the deliverance of the son uh, of the son from evil. He's talking about um, his son Rehoboam. But again, we look at it. Uh, this is true of us uh, when we have God's wisdom, as He gives us wisdom, um, that we have deliverance uh, from evil. So let me read uh, that next section, verses 12 through 15. Uh, to deliver you from the way of evil, to deliver you from the man who speaks perverse things, to deliver you from those who leave the paths of righteousness, to walk in the ways of darkness, uh, to deliver you from those who delight in doing evil and rejoice in the perversity of evil, and to, uh, to deliver you from those whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. Um, here he has, again, a progression of evil. Um, and uh, there is deliverance from all of this. He's, it's to deliver. Uh, his wisdom is to deliver us from the evil way. We understand what sin is. Uh, just like Isaiah, when, when he saw God and he, uh, he saw the fear of fear of God. He saw that God was an awesome God. God was a holy God. And when he sees that, uh, it points him to his own sin and points him away from his sin. Uh, he wants to rid himself of that. And of course, the Lord delivers him from that. So uh, the first part is to deliver you from the evil way. That's true uh, for us as well. To deliver you from seductive speech, those that will uh, try to lure you. We saw that in uh, chapter one, uh, where uh, the, the uh, wisdom of Solomon was to stay away from people that are saying, let's go do this, let's go uh, do these evil things and take advantage of other people. Um, so, um, Wisdom will uh, deliver you from seductive speech. Um, and of course, that seductive speech, uh, on the one hand, you're listening to Solomon, uh, who's giving you truthful speech, and we're to listen to uh, Solomon uh, through, through his word and not to the seductive speech. This was an interesting one, to deliver you from those who abandon the truth. And, uh, you know, and I, I think when we, when we look at that, uh, the tendency that we all have is to follow other people. And uh, if you have somebody that leaves the faith, uh, they, they abandon the truth, it makes, sometimes it causes people to think about, rethink what is truth. 
Um, am I really being, uh, am I missing something? And I think that's the idea that's, uh, that uh, we need to be protected from that, uh, from those who, who now say truth is not the truth. And uh, so wisdom delivers us from that. To deliver you from those who delight in their weak, wickedness. And, uh, you know, and, and I think we know what we're talking about there. There, um, there are people that love their sin. And, uh, and it, it, it seems like they're having a lot of fun. And, but we need to be delivered from any of that thinking that that's fun. Sin is not fun. Sin is evil. And um, so wisdom delivers us from those who delight in their wickedness. To deliver you from those who are deviously sinful. Uh, that's an even worse thing. They'll be, um, they're devious about what they do. They're, uh, they'll trick you in some way to think that what they're doing is not sin. And uh, so uh, they have ways to lure you into uh, doing sinful things or uh, even to watch sinful things on, on your TV and, and things like that. But uh, wisdom will uh, deliver you from, um, from those who are deviously sinful. And then there's a whole nother section on uh, verses 16 through 19 about to deliver you from the strange woman, from the adulteress who flatters with her words, that leaves the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For um, her house sinks down to death and her tracks lead to, to the dead. None who go to her return again nor do they reach the paths of life. What a dark picture that is. Um, but the adulterous woman, adultery, uh, um, uh, immoral, immorality uh, is, is a very dark side of life. And, uh, you know, the adulteress uh, obviously destroys marriages and... and um, and I, when you read that section, it talks about uh, death. It says, to deliver you from the adulterous woman and immorality. But it's a very dark picture there. It's a picture of death. The, you know, if you go down that road, you're not going to come back. And, uh, and that's a true statement. Um, it's a very dark picture. Here's the conclusion of all of it. Let me read it for you. So you will walk in the way of good men and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will live in the land and the blameless will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the treacherous will be uprooted from it. So you will live godly lives before the Lord. Uh, that's that's the, uh, the benefit of wisdom. He delivers us from uh, sinfulness. He de delivers us from the evil woman, um, from the adulteress, uh, from lots of other sins. Um, 
so that we can live godly lives before the Lord. And, uh, and then he talks about, uh, in verses 21 and 22, he talks about the land. He says, for the upright will live in the land, and the blameless will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the treacherous will be uprooted. And uh, we'll see, uh, as you get further into the kingdoms of Israel and Judah, um, that their sin caused them to be put out of the land. Uh, so they lose the blessing of the Lord. And I, I think that's the idea that is contained here, um, that those who live uh, godly lives will experience the blessing of the Lord. They'll not be put out of the land, so to speak. Um, and the same thing applies to those, to the wicked. They will be removed from God's blessing. They're put out of the land, that's what it says there. Um, Let's talk a little bit about uh, application. And there's a very simple application to start with, and that is we're to acquire wisdom, uh, every one of us. Um, we're, we're not to, um, you know, come to church and, and just enjoy fellowship. Uh, we should be seeking wisdom. Um, Proverbs 4 or 5 says, Acquire wisdom, acquire understanding. Do not forget or turn away from the words of my mouth. And two verses later, the beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom. And with all your acquiring, get understanding. And that's uh, a message to all of us. This is not just a message to Solomon's sons, but it's a message to each one of us that, that we're to seek God's wisdom. And uh, we're to uh, practice uh, what he teaches us. We're to understand what is pleasing to him and whether it's uh, staying away from sin or being obedient to his commands. Um, we need to acquire wisdom and uh, you see those words understanding there as well um, uh, I'm going to talk about this um, this is a good thing for all of us to do is to evaluate your pursuit of wisdom and I, I like I like that continuum let's look at it this way uh, it starts with hearing uh, we hear the word of the Lord. We respond to it. Um, that's what Solomon did with his sons. He talked about, um, I, I want you to listen to what I'm saying. Um, and so um, that's the first step. But then we saw in verse 1 of chapter 2, he says, I'm asking you to accept what I'm telling you. Uh, don't just listen to me, but I want you to imbibe it. I want you to Believe the truth. Believe what I'm saying. Uh, that's the whole idea there. Then I want you to incline your heart. Uh, I want you to absorb it. Um, we talk about um, uh, immersing ourselves in the word of God. Uh, how important that is for us to do that. Uh, we're inclining our heart to his teaching. And so we're not just passively 
listening to messages or Sunday school lessons, we were actually inclining our hearts to the truth and uh, immersing ourselves in the word of God, crying out. Um, it, uh, I picture us uh, in our prayer time crying out to the Lord, Lord, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom in how I lead my family. Give me wisdom for how I uh, do my work. Uh, give me wisdom how I live my life, uh, the decisions that I make. Help me to make wise decisions that will have uh, a good impact on my family. And so there's a crying out to the Lord uh, to uh, give us that wisdom. And finally, uh, this, this talks about pursuing it, um, going after it wholeheartedly. Uh, and this can be done in a number of ways, uh, immersing ourselves in the word of God, um, uh, associations with uh, uh, people that are more mature in the Lord uh, than I am, than, than you are. Um, you know, partners is a great way to do this. If, uh, I don't know how many of you have been through partners, but um, it's a way of pursuing, um, pursuing wisdom, uh, pursuing uh, the right way to live before the Lord and, and establishing that uh, that uh, connection with somebody else that uh, uh, maybe is more mature than what you are at this point. Um, so the question is, as you, as you look at that line there uh, on the bottom, where would you say you fit? I'm not asking for hands. <laughs> But I just think it's a good idea to think about where, where we are. Are we at the beginning of all this and just coming to church and listening? And, um, or are we on the other end where we're really pursuing the wisdom of God and trying to understand um, uh, what, he's, what he's teaching us and how he wants us to live? Let's go back to this as well. We can ask ourselves the same questions along this line. Uh, do I really understand who the Lord God is? Do I have an accurate picture of how great he is, uh, how holy he is? Um, do I, I see that in his word? Um, and we can also come to church and, and uh, we can just pick up knowledge. You can just get smarter about what the Bible says, but uh, that's not wisdom. Wisdom doesn't stop with knowledge. Uh, we need to understand. We need to understand who we are. That was Isaiah. Once he saw, once he uh, saw the fear of the Lord in his own life uh, and how awesome God was and how holy he was, um, he understood that. He that was knowledge for him, but he understood that. And the under, what he understood was how sinful he was. And, you know, if you, probably if you looked at Isaiah's life, you would say Isaiah was a pretty, pretty good man. Um, he was probably a good student of the word and so forth. But when he came in contact with the Lord God, 
when he saw who, how awesome he was, how holy he was, it just dropped him back to the ground uh, because he, he didn't measure up. In fact, he deserved death. And that's true wisdom. That's wisdom that uh, he acquired. I, you know, I think about, uh, I didn't add a third one here, but a third one uh, has to do with uh, those who are not in Christ. You know, you, you hear people talk about, well, you know, I'm, I'm living a good life. Uh, and yet, I would say that about Isaiah. Isaiah was probably living a good life. Uh, but it's not about living a good life. It's about uh, having your sins being paid for. And, you know, people who think that when they stand before the Lord, they're going to... We have the picture in Matthew about, uh, you know, the Lord saying, depart from me, I never knew you. I, I think that's, a, uh, that's, that's the truth of it. Uh, but the truth of it is when we come in contact with the Lord God, it's going to be more like Isaiah's contact. Uh, and we're not going to be arguing with the Lord. We're going to see our own sin. Those who are not in Christ will see their own sin and uh, they, will, they will die eternally. And I uh, just would appeal to anybody in this room that is not in Christ, don't delay. Uh, uh, you don't know what the next day brings and you don't want to get to uh, the end of your life and spend eternity in hell because uh, that's what will happen. It's a call to repent, turn from your sin and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, let's pray. Our Father, we do thank you for the great and awesome God that you are. Uh, uh, those are... Uh, words that don't even capture in the least uh, who you really are and how great you are and um, help us to uh, fear you in a way uh, that we, uh, we reverence you, that we stand in awe of who you are. Um, you are omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. Um, uh, Lord, you are way beyond. You are holy, uh, holy in a way that uh, it's hard for us to even comprehend. And Lord, you sent uh, the Lord Jesus to die in our place so that we uh, could, could live with you forever. And I pray for anyone in this room that is not in Christ, uh, that you would uh, draw them to yourself, you would open their hearts to see their sin, uh, to see their need for a Savior, and that they would turn from their sin, they would repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And for those of us that are in Christ, uh, I pray that uh, we would be serious about uh, our, our uh, time spent with you. Um, help us to reverence you even more and more. Help us to immerse ourselves in your word. Uh, help us to, yes, get the knowledge, but Lord, help us to understand the truth. Help us to understand how to live before you and help us to live lives that are pleasing to you and, and uh, lives where we are obedient to your commands for us as well. 
pray now that you would dismiss us with your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen.